Here's the million dollar question. How do men like us reach our full potential and grow into the men we dream of being while taking care of our responsibilities, working, being good husbands, fathers, and still take care of ourselves? That's the question. This podcast will help you with those answers. My name is Brent and welcome to the Fallible Man Podcast. Welcome to the Fallible Man Podcast, your home for all things man, husband, and father. We provide content to help men become the men they want to be. And on today's show, we're talking to Brian Ward, the founder and host of the Dad Up Podcast, which is a fantastic show for all the dads out there. I highly recommend it. We're having an honest conversation about being a dad in a modern world. Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Uh, So glad that you asked me and looking forward to the conversation. Brian, I don't really do big introductions because I get to research all my guests. So my first question always leads off with, who is Brian Ward in your own words? Yeah. Yeah. For me, I was, I started off right out of high school, went into the military. I was in the uh, Marine Corps for uh, four years and then got out of the Marine Corps. I had met my now wife and we started having a family. And to me, being a dad was important. I was raised in a family that my parents are both around. They're still married to this day, but they weren't super involved in my life because they had jobs they had to attend to. It was difficult for them to be at all my sporting events, parent-teacher conferences, different school functions that I was a part of. And that really affected me as a child. Just knowing that when I had my two boys, I have two boys, and when my wife and I had our two boys, I knew that I was going to be an all-in dad. I was going to be at everything that they did. And I've coached every single one of their teams from the age of four all the way up through high school. And I can count on one hand how many school events that I had missed. So I really, I had been at practically every single one of them. And that was just important to me. And fast forwarding, when my older son at the time was about to, uh, he was off in college, my younger son was about to graduate high school. I had this void, like my fatherhood journey had ended. Both my boys were now grown, essentially adults could function on their own. And I felt like my father journey was over. And I honestly, Brent, I felt like there was going to be this massive void. What do I do now to keep that kind of that dad role up? Obviously, we're going to be dads forever. For my boys, it was like I'd been so much a part of their lives that now that they were going off on their own, it just felt like it was going to be over. And uh, don't get me wrong, I was looking forward to being an empty nester. But at the same time, I just felt like there was something missing, going to be missing. And so that's why I started the podcast, just a way for me to talk to other dads about their experiences in hopes that maybe it inspires a dad out there that's struggling or going through something that kind of give them some encouragement. And that's why I started it. And two and a half years later, it's going strong. I've got 131 episodes in the books and I've been featured on in newspapers. And I was even on CNN. They uh, interviewed me on CNN for the show. It's just been a great, great journey. And I've really enjoyed it. So uh, that's just kind of me in a nutshell. I, I actually looked up the clip before we uh, met up. That's a really nice interview. Congratulations on that, by the way. That's spectacular. Thank you. I Thank love you. to see positive things actually hit the news cycle. It's very rare these days. That was just incredible that they featured you and well-deserved. So congratulations on that. Tell us a little Thank bit you. about the Data Podcast. And I want to keep saying the Data Podcast. It's just Data yeah. Podcast. 
Yeah, right. this is Data Podcast. I refer to it as the Data Podcast. It doesn't matter. Data Podcast is the main name, but it's a show that I started off just wanting to interview really celebrities, pro athletes, entrepreneurs, guys that were really successful in what they were doing. And just, I started off really just asking them questions. It was really just an interview kind of based show. And now it's kind of transformed in just this casual conversation about their journey, not only in, in business or career in their career, but as a dad as well. And it's been really cool. I've had some great celebrities on, pro athletes, authors, entrepreneurs, pastors, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I was looking uh, through your roster of shows and I saw that you had Alan, I just went blank on his name. Alan Smith, so sorry. Many. I, yes. I got a spooky comment. I saw I had Alan Smith the other day. I connected with them, I don't know, two months ago or something and did some shows with them. Alan was just outstanding. So I, I was just enjoying looking through the roster of my wife's correcting me. It was in January. Sorry. <laughs> you, you know how it is when you work a full-time job and, and also run a business. You're, the other day turns into six months ago, a year ago. I think that comes with age right. too as we mature. I look back, I was talking to one of my best friends from high school just the other night on the phone. We're still very close. Her and one of my other best friends got married and they had several kids. And we were talking to him. It's like, really? Has it been that long since we graduated? I think I'm at 20, yeah, 22 years or something. It's like, it doesn't oh, yeah. seem like 22 years or whatever has been now. It was 98. Yeah, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. You're, I graduated in 91, so <laughs> I'm almost 50. Oh, okay. So I, I estimated I estimated that you were about my brother's age. So I, I was pretty close there. My yeah, brother I'm 49, is, so. I'm, I'm 40. I have to stop and think these days. I'm 42. My brother's seven years older than me. So I, I knew I was about right with it. I did. Yeah going to kill myself in editing here. It's you've had some incredible guests on there. I, I was just enjoying going through your shows like, wow, man, that's cool. That's a great conversation. Ooh, I need to do a show on that. That's a good topic. So I was getting some great ideas off your show and you explain why you do this and that is filled that void and you've continued the conversation. So the all important question is what is your favorite ice cream? <laughs> yeah, that was a curveball right there. You're never going to, you'd never guess. If I had to have you guess, you'd never guess it. I'm a big rainbow sherbet guy. I, I like rainbow sherbet and mint chip. Those are my two. I've heard mint chip before. So, I've never heard rainbow sherbet. I actually, I ask all my guests because it's the one yeah. thing we all have in common. I've had a, I had a lovely woman who is a, she corrected me. She's not vegan. She's a pescatarian, ovo pescatarian. She eats eggs yeah. and fish and vegetables on to talk about a book she did and she could even get behind the ice cream thing. It's like, we all come together on ice cream for some reason, even people who are lactose intolerant. So I like to ask my guests, we all have that in common. But uh, yeah, I'm not a big, I'm not a big chocolate guy. I can pass on chocolate ice cream all day long. I just not, I'm not big on the chocolates, but uh, yeah, mint and chips. Okay. Cause that has just a little bit of chocolate in it. That's all right. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, rainbow sherbet is my go-to. Rainbow <laughs> sherbet. I've never had that answer. It's always interesting, right? People are so unique and we all can come together on one thing, but I have one guy, burnt fig and almond, which is apparently an Australian thing. It's a gourmet thing yeah, in Sydney. I've never heard of it. Yeah, I was like, I don't even know what that is. So let me ask you, Brian, do you think that fatherhood, modern fatherhood is different than when we were growing up? 
Yeah, I think that for the most part, fathers today are really starting, you're starting to see, I guess it's happened over the last maybe five years or so, maybe 10 years, you're starting to see fathers really become a significant part of their kids' lives. And I think for us growing up, it was much different. We had parents, like I said in, in my little intro, that I had parents that worked blue collar jobs. And I took care of my sisters five years younger than me. And at night I would get home, I had a paper out, I'd do my paper out, get home, and then I would make dinner because my parents weren't home yet. And I don't think that's necessarily the case now. However, I will say this, a lot of dads carry this stigma of just having to be the financial provider for the family. So they think that they have to work these 80 hour weeks uh, and be gone at important from important events in order to put food on the table. And that's not necessarily the case. And that's the point of my show is just to say, hey, you can still be successful in what it is that you're doing and and provide for your family the way that you need to but you can still be a successful father too. And it means not missing those important events. When our kids play sports, they look up in the stands and they see the see all the people up in the stands. They don't care about any of those people. They wanna see you. They wanna see their mom. They wanna see their family in the stands. It's the only people that they're looking for when they're playing sports. So that's my point of the show is, hey, you need to be at these events for your kids. It may not have been that way when you were growing up, but that doesn't mean you can't change the cycle and do something different for your kids. I feel very fortunate. My father and my mother were at most of my events, usually both of them. On occasion, one of them had to miss something, but I was very fortunate that most of the time my parents were able to be at most of my stuff. And that did, it made such a huge difference to me personally. That's, you're exactly right. That's who I wanted to see in the stand. As I hit that ball, as I defended a goal or whatever sport, that's who I wanted to see sitting out there. And so I, I think yeah, that makes did, an incredible I, I, difference. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't have that. My parents, like I said, were working a lot. I can count maybe a couple of baseball games that my dad actually came to, was able to come to. I wrestled in high school and played water polo. They didn't come to a single event. I take that back. I had one event. It was a Saturday. It was a wrestling tournament that I had to participate in. I wrestled and my dad was, he, he didn't like sitting at those kind of things. So he was, and it still bugs me to this day. I'm going to have to talk to him about it, but he got frustrated sitting there waiting between matches. So I had the first match and then I had another match that was an hour and a half away or, or later. And he let, he made me leave. I was like, dad, I, I can't leave. I have another match. And he goes, no, we, I'm not waiting around for that. And he actually made me leave. And that affected me. And that's just, that's what I'm saying. It's parents need to understand that these events are important for you to be a part of just as much as your kids. So what do you think of, we've got a lot of fatherless homes going on in the country right now. Yeah. If father, fatherless homes are at, at a all time high almost, it's incredible. There are a lot of men who are stepping in to fill those roles. And while it's, it's not their biological father, we got a lot of men stepping up. And that's something that I've been really excited to see the last couple of years as I've paid more attention. It was probably happening before that, just I've been paying more attention. And how do you feel about other men stepping into those fatherhood roles? I know you're a coach, right? You're a basketball coach or a baseball coach? Yeah, basketball coach. It's important to me, and it's one of the reasons why I coached, not only to be there for my boys, to be, but to be there for other young men because... I met, I, I had players on my team this last year of parents that I had never met. 
And if their parents aren't going to be there to support them as a coach, I'm going to be there to help them get better as a player, but I'm going to be there as an extra support that they can come to and talk to. I've had times where I've had players that have graduated from high school and reached back out to me wanting to sit down with me because they don't have that, that father figure in their life mm -hmm. that wanted to reach, sit, sit down with me and talk about where they want to go in life and what they want to do. Just right before the pandemic hit, I had a player that, that reached out to me. He had graduated uh, two years prior to the pandemic hitting and he reached out to me out of the blue hadn't heard from him in a while and just said hey coach can we grab lunch or something together i want to talk to you about a few things and so i did i asked him what do you want to talk about he told me he goes i want to figure out what what i want to do with my life and i'm hoping maybe you can guide me help me a little bit and I said, let's do it. So we had lunch together and I had him write down some goals. I had him write down, you know, an action plan on how to achieve those goals. I had him write down some books to read. And then I checked in with him periodically and that kid ended up going off to college. And so those kind of things are what warm my heart. That's why I coach that kind of impact to have on these players. I love it. And just going back to the whole coaching thing, my, my, my younger son graduated from high school two years ago. He's a sophomore about to end his sophomore year in college. And I was still coaching at the high school level because I wanted to have that influence on play on these young men. And uh, I just actually, to be honest, I just retired two months ago from coaching. I actually, at the end of the season, I said, you know what? I've coached for almost uh, 21 years. I think it's time to pack it in and focus on some other things. So I actually did retire two months ago. It was hard to do, but I haven't regretted it yet. But that's why I coached because I wanted to be there for those young men. Well, hey, here's to you, coach, because... That makes a huge difference. I've become more and more appreciative of the men who are stepping in to fill that void when, because it's just so prevalent these days. I know our school district is, they look for men who will come in and read to the children in library and stuff, mm -hmm. just to have that positive male role model in there. I felt very fortunate several years ago as a youth minister, I had a student who had moved away because she had lived with her mom and she went to go live with her dad who had never been part of her life but her mom was a drug addict, so it was a better move for her. But she called me so I would yell at her because she wanted someone to care. Like she got on the phone with me and then proceeded to tell me all the bad things she was doing so someone would care enough to yell at her for making stupid decisions. And it, just, it, it both broke my heart that she had to reach out for that. And at the same time, I was like, I'm grateful that I was there, that she could reach out for it. But it just broke my heart because Absolutely. they're so desperate to have that figure, right? It's such an important role. You talk to a lot of dads. What is the most common concern you hear talking to dads? I think it's uh, mainly the fear of kind of what I went through when their kids are older, that they don't have quite the bond or relationship uh, that they have with them now uh, when they're older and off on their own, that that kind of that bond or relationship become distant. And the one thing that I do when I talk to some of these dads is I encourage them that the stronger the bond is when your kids are younger, the better it'll be when they become adults. You're not going to be there for everything that they do. And you may not be the decision maker for every decision that they make. But the fact that you have that strong bond with them, they're going to come to you in times of need. They're going to come to you in times when they need advice. And it's one thing that I've taken very seriously with my own boys. They're 23 and 20, uh, 23 and 20, my two sons. And they still come to me for advice. And I, listen, they can take my advice or leave it. They don't have to do what I suggest that they do. 
But the fact that they're coming to me, that means that they've trusted me and that bond is there. And I built that bond when they were younger and carried it through to when they're adults. For parents, when your kids hit those teenage years, they're not gonna wanna hang out with you. They're not gonna wanna be around you. They're gonna think that they know everything and nothing. That's pretty calm. But trust me, when they hit that 18, 19 year old age, they come back and they start to lean on mom and dad again for support. And it just depends on how big, how strong that bond was when they were younger. Brian, in hindsight, right, you said your boys are 21 and 24, or sorry, did I- 21 and 23. 21 yeah. and 23, apologize. What piece of advice do you wish someone had shared with you as a new father? What piece of advice? Um, in, in hindsight, that clears, clarifies things a bit. I think the piece of advice that if I could think back to when my boys were just being born, if somebody could have shared with me that don't be so quick on reacting to things. When my boys grew up, there were times where I maybe overreacted or reacted too quickly, maybe got frustrated or angry too quickly. And I think that would be something that if I could take back those times, I would. If I had that advice when my boys were babies, um, uh, I would have I been better off. Don't get me wrong. My boys and I, we get along. They're, my, they're two of my best friends. But there were many a times where my wife had to step in and say, hey, you need to take a break. You need to, you need to go cool down because you're not reacting the way that you should right now. And you need to walk away and let me handle it. And there were plenty of those moments. I miss, I messed up. I'm not per, I'm not a perfect dad. I messed up. But if I had that advice when they were babies, I think I would have handled it much differently. Let me ask you based on ans that answer. You say your boys are two of your best friends. Mm -hmm. Was that always the relationship or that did that relationship come after they became adults and started to mature? No, it wasn't always, that relationship wasn't always there as the, they were my best friends because before they hit that adult age, that 18 year old age, um, they had to treat me and I had to treat them with a level of respect, but they, I was their friend and they were my friend, but they weren't my best friend. I still had to guide them and support them and give them discipline when they needed it. But once they hit that adult age is when they really, their maturity stepped in. Uh, they've really grown up a lot. And when they're younger, obviously the maturity level is not quite there yet. They're still learning, they're still developing when they're younger. But it was really when they become, became adults that they became two of my best friends. I think that's one of those mistakes I, I've seen with some fathers and mothers too, is this uh, newer concept of trying to be your child's friend first instead of being their parent. And I, I think it's like, I am super close to my mom who actually lives with us, but I became friends with my parents and after I was an adult, there are so many people these days who are like, you should be your child's best friend. No. They have friends, you need to be their parent. You can be their friends later. And if you do a good job, that's probably gonna come. But I, I wanted to ask to clarify how that relationship worked because I, I hear that so often anymore. Yeah, I do think that, and maybe it's where you and I disagree, but I do think that parents can be their kids' friends because listen, friends are fr friends are people that we can go to, that we trust, that we can talk to openly and honestly. Uh, that's what a, a real friend is, somebody that's gonna listen to you and give you um, advice, give you encouragement, and give you the hard truths that you need to hear. That's what a true friend does. So I think it's okay to say, yeah, I'm my kid's friend, but you also have to be that guide and that role model, that leader for them. They have to respect you. Those kind of things, those kind of rules are still in place as a parent. You're still their parent. But I don't think there's anything wrong with being your kid's friend. 
Okay. Fair enough. Now, Fallible Nation, we are just getting started with Brian Ward. So stick around. We're going to roll to the show sponsor, and we'll be right back with more of Brian after this. I'm calling on all men right now to stand up and stand against this horrific crime. It is estimated that over 300,000 children are being sex trafficked in the United States alone every single day. I want you to get on your social media. I want you to follow savinginnocence.org or fightforme.net. Both of these charities are working to end child trafficking in the United States and abroad. You can donate at www.thefallibleman.com shop and buy our inhuman trafficking merchandise and all proceeds will be given indefinitely to savinginnocence.org. You can also go to www.savinginnocence.org slash donate and donate directly to Saving Innocence. Men, it is time for us to fight and stop this horrible thing known as human trafficking. Hey, Fallible Nation, welcome back. We're here with Brian Ward, the founder and host of the Dad Up podcast. Guys, if you are a father, you should dig into his show. He has a lot of great interviews and a lot of great things to share with you and knowledge to pass on. As he has hit that point where his children are adults now, he has the blessings of hindsight as well as being an active coach in the community and working with other young people. Brian, what is the most impactful purchase of $100 or less that you've made in the last year? Goodness, I bought a, shoot, I don't know, impactful purchase that I made in the last year. There's probably, I'm probably not, I'm probably going to mess this up. I know there's <laughs> something I should say. Probably stuff, equipment for my podcast. <laughs> That's probably it. I, I had to invest in a new stool and I bought that banner. Those kind of things are, I think, are important investments for the show. So it's it's beautiful banner, by the way. Very Thanks. nicely done. No, you know what? There there is no right answer to that because if chasing your passion and what your life is what you're focusing on now as a passion project, it, there's not a wrong answer in investing that. Someone else that might not be a podcast, but there's nothing wrong with that being, hey, I invested in my passion right now, what I'm trying to do. It's a good mission you got going on. And I understand I have a lot invested in my setup right now. So I understand entirely. Brian, do you think it's important as a father to continually develop yourself and continue to grow? Oh my gosh, I think I've learned that more that my boys are older than than I realized when they were younger. Uh, I was so focused as a dad, just being a dad, and I wasn't taking my self-care seriously enough. And that's been a topic on my show that we've that I've talked to other dads about and even on other podcasts about realizing that self-care is so important for dads and knowing that, uh, hey, when you get home at the end of the day, your fuel tank might be on empty, but you got to figure out a way to put something in for your family because they don't want the leftovers of you at the end of the day. So for me, I like to go out and go for a run. That actually energizes me, gives me a little bit more uh, juice in the tank. So if I'm just in a bad mood or just not had a rough day, I'll go for a run. The other thing that I like to do is, is something that I have just recently taken up over the last few years is journaling. I just journal a couple things every single day in my journal, just about my thoughts and what's going on in my head to get them out on paper. So yeah, I think self-care for dads is super important. I like to go on you know little dates with my wife. We'll go to the, we'll go to the nail salon. I'll get my toenails done, get my feet all cleaned up. That's self-care, but it's it's I enjoy doing it. Yeah, for dads, yeah, if you're not taking care of yourself, there's absolutely Absolutely no way you can take care of anybody else the way that you need to. As a father, as a husband, self-care is super important. I know that's uh, something I've talked about on my show because 
I, I, everybody I've interviewed, I, I keep finding that common ground of parents, whether it's the father or the mother, just not making time for self-care once kids come along. And it is so yeah. important. I actually just, I just started dating my wife again, probably in this last year. And, and I hate to admit that because we celebrated our 21st anniversary two days ago. Congratulations. Thank you. And, but we just started dating again. My oldest daughter is 10 and we just started dating again this year because mm -hmm. we realized like we, we stopped entirely when the girls were born. Mm -hmm. It's not their fault. Man. It's I have, I'm super overprotective and leaving my children with anybody terrifies me. I'm obsessively overprotective. That's, that's all my fault. My, my wife would have done this a long time ago, but it's like, no, we can't find a babysitter I'm okay with. But that is something that, it, and that wasn't talked about. My parents had right. a really great relationship growing up, but that's not something that was talked about out loud or passed down to me as something I need to focus on as a dad or a husband. Mm. And so I'm glad to see, I actually, I'm glad to see it being a conversation now. I just talked to a guy who does journaling the other day. I've never understood journaling. And he explained it at least in a way that made some sense to me. It's never been something my wife journals, but I've never understood the appeal. But he at least made a good argument for it. It was nice to have someone actually explain it to me. But you said it's well, been you know, good the, for you. Yeah, the, the interesting thing for me is I think about it. I do it in the morning when I first wake up. And the reason that I do that is when we first wake up, we have so many things on our mind about what's going on today, what's going on this week. And it just seems like for me, I journal down a couple of things that are just at the top of my head to just get them off and release myself of that, um, I guess that stress. And when I first started off, it was more than a few minutes that I was journaling. And now it just, it just takes me about a minute or two. I just journal down a couple of thoughts that are just rolling around in my head, get them out on paper. And that way I can get on with my day. That's the reason why I do it. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing that I do, you're talking about dating your wife again. My wife and I have a marriage coach that we see every other month. And we've been doing that for a couple of years now. Really? Uh, and we don't do it yeah, we don't do it because we have problems. She's a licensed therapist, uh, but we don't do it because we have problems. We do it so we don't have problems. And there's been times where we've had to sit down and talk with her and, and say, hey, this is what's going on this week. This is what we're, this is what has gone on this last month. What do you think? She'll give us her advice. And so we roll with it. We enjoy doing it. It's something that we both look forward to. And it's really, I felt that it's really helped our relationship these last couple of years to really grow together. It's helped me communicate a lot better. It's helped me, helped us to open our level of communication together as a couple much more and it's been uh, pretty beneficial and then the other thing that I do for self-care is I have I have my own board of directors and I do that because I look at it as companies have board of directors to help them be successful companies so I think why can't individuals have board of directors mentors that they meet with to talk about things that they need to work on, that person needs to work on themselves. So I have eight guys that are on my board of directors and they range from guys that have solid relationships in their marriage, faithful uh, men. I have a financial planner on my board of directors and then I have a few entrepreneurs that are on my board of directors. And I do that, I, we meet with that, we, I meet with them every other month via Zoom 
and we just and they're all over the country i got a couple in canada i got a couple back east they're all over the country but i run through what did i accomplish in the last month and a half before, since our last meeting what do i need to work on and they give me their advice i don't have family members on my board and i do that's strategic mm -hmm. uh, because family members will tell you what you need to hear what you want to hear not what you need to hear <laughs> where these guys will tell me what i need to hear and they're very open and honest i had them all sign contracts they all had to sign contracts saying they were going to show up to these board meetings and they were going to give me their honest opinion about certain things that I need to do or that I need to work on. And it's been super beneficial. I've had it now for two years. It's been going great. That's an incredible concept. You guys, I, I want to touch base just on that. Did you hear what he said? His marriage is going fine. Him and his wife are better than ever, but they're still taking the time to make sure they're focusing on inputting on the marriage and focusing on their relationship and making sure they're doing the maintenance on it. Okay, your relationship with your spouse is so critical to raising your children. You are setting the platform for your children to understand how to be treated and how to treat their spouse. And so mm -hmm. your healthy relationship is super important, guys. What do you think is the, in your opinion, the biggest challenge fathers are facing right now? The biggest challenge fathers are facing right now, and it's another one of the reasons why I think this pod, my podcast is so important, but one of the things that they face right now, and it's something that's been going on for many years, but that fathers carry this kind of this weight of feeling like they're the babysitter in the family. They're the ones that are having to look after the kids while mom runs errands or does whatever she's doing. And I want to get rid of that concept. Dads are not the babysitters. We're dads and we're here and we're to be involved in our kids' lives as much as possible. And that doesn't just mean babysitting them while while the mom is off taking care of errands or doing whatever she wants to do. Dads are not the babysitter. I think that's the biggest, um, the biggest challenge is changing that stigma. I've seen a lot of posts recently where women are saying that they're frustrated because their husbands are being treated differently when they're out in public and people see them actually being a dad. And it's just things that dad should be doing and helping with. I've seen a lot of that actually on social media recently, which kind of caught me off guard because it's women being frustrated because this person praised my husband because he was taking care of the child in the store while I was shopping. It's like, I do that every day, but no one congratulates me. And women were very frustrated with that. So it's very interesting to see how views are shifting on things these mm -hmm. days. There are a lot of people who will say that fathers aren't needed in the picture. We talked about earlier, father, fatherless homes are an all-time high. What uniquely do you think a father provides to their children's development? I think that they provide protection. And now don't get me wrong, mama bears, when they come out, <laughs> mama bears don't want to get in their way. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think dads provide that extra security, that extra safety net, protection for them. And then obviously there's a lot of things changing in the world where women really starting to pick up and, and take this uh, role of being a, a career woman. They want to be a career woman. And that's happened over the last 10 years or so, more so than it ever was before. And I think that dads, you know, have to acknowledge that and appreciate that because they don't have to be that, as I said in the beginning of the show, that 80 hour a week dad where they're gone all the time. But I think dads really provide that extra security, that extra um, layer of uh, protection for their kids. Brian, you have a platform where you talk bi-weekly, right? Your show's bi-weekly. You have a platform. Okay. Week. I, I saw the other. It was listed as bi-weekly on one of the platforms. I was like, I don't think that's right. But 
Yeah, so you, I'll have to, you have to tell me which that is and I'll get it, it, it was, it was yeah, a every... random platform. I was like looking at ratings and oh, okay. it listed you as bi-weekly. I thought, I'm looking at the number of shows. That doesn't sound right. But you have a show where you talk to fathers and you talk with fathers. You have a great platform. And like I said, it's a phenomenal show, Brian. You are doing amazing work. So thank you for that. Thanks. But if you had to stand on a platform, right? If you had one show to do, you have one chance to talk to dads. What's the most important thing you want to share right now from the heart with other fathers out there? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to be a dad. Don't be afraid to be involved in your kids' lives. Don't be afraid to sit down and read a book with them. Don't be afraid to go out and play catch with them. I think that dads are not necessarily afraid, but they feel like maybe that that, I don't want to say overrated. That's really the wrong word. But I think that dads feel like they're not worthy of it. And I think that it's important for dads to understand that whatever it is your kids are doing, get involved. Even if it's playing Legos, get down on the floor and play some Legos with them. Not, it's not so much about the Legos that you're building that you're building or whatever it is that you're creating with those Legos. It's the bond. It's the bonding moment. That's what's important. And I think it's important to, for dads to realize to stop, stop putting technology before their kids, put the cell phones down, put the laptop down and focus a hundred percent of your attention on your kids. Okay. What's next for Brian Ward? A book. Um, working on a book and it's taken me a long time, but it's a book that I'm hoping will not only inspire dads, but moms too, and inspire parents in general to just really take that next step of really creating the bond and the love between a parent and a child. So that, yes, that's what's next for me. Awesome. Congratulations. That is a serious undertaking. Uh, I know. (laughs) This whole podcast started with me writing a book, starting a book. It's still in, in the dust. Like it, I started and then I started podcasting. Props yeah. to you. It's, it's a labor of love, man, to work on that book. Brian, your website is www.daduptribe.com. And we'll yep. add that in for all of our YouTube viewers. Is this the best place to get? I know you have an incredible Instagram following. Congratulations, by the way. That is not something I have figured out. So congratulations right. on that. Thank you. you are on Instagram and have a tremendous following there. Well-deserved. And you have other, but where is the best place for people to find more about the data podcast? Obviously the, the website, obviously you have my YouTube channel and then Instagram is the best place to reach me. You can reach out uh, via email. I have a couple individuals that read my emails, data tribe. That's my email address at gmail.com data tribe at gmail.com. And so they can send me an email there and somebody will get back to them, whether it's me or want somebody from my team. Okay. Brian, I appreciate you taking the time to be on the podcast. You are doing tremendous work. And I want to say, please continue. You are doing a great service. And thank you on behalf of other dads, uh, because I know I appreciate your podcast and what you're doing. I love your content. Thank you for taking time to be on the Fallible Man podcast today. Guys, as always, be better tomorrow because what you do today, and we'll see you on the next one. This has been the Fallible Man podcast. Your home for everything man, husband, and father. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a show. Head over to www.thefallibleman.com for more content and get your own Fallible Man gear.